Your property podcast comes to you with thanks to our friends at Trafalgar Square Finance, leading independent specialists in mortgages and all types of property finance. Whether it's buy-to-let, development or bridging finance, Trafalgar Square can help you organise your funding for your next property project. Exclusively to listeners of Your Property Podcast, Trafalgar Square offer a free one-to-one consultation. So whether you are a portfolio landlord looking to raise funds on your existing portfolio, or if you're just starting out and want to find out if you are eligible for a buy-to-let mortgage, Trafalgar Square Finance can help. It's easy to book with one of their experienced consultants by simply visiting yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash finance. You can find this link in the show notes for more details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Your Property Podcast. My name is Michelle Cairns, and with us today, we have got Mary Cullen. Hi, Mary. Hi, Michelle. Lovely to see you again. Yes, lovely to see you. Absolutely. And um, you've kind of just been popping up a few times in the YPN uh, arena the past in the past year or so um, and been standing out for many reasons. One, including uh, your design and the experience of your service accommodation business. Uh, and you were featured in the August edition of YPN last year. For, um, we had a feature on wow properties and how operators, service accommodation operators had created, you know, a fantastic wow experience uh, for their guests. So that's something we'll touch on today. But um, and also you've been featured in our total service accommodation training program as well, uh, which has been great to have you on board there uh, as part of that community. So first of all, for people who uh, don't know about your background, do you want to just give us a, a brief overview of sort of how you ended up in with a the service accommodation uh, business yeah I don't quite know where to start to be honest um I started my property journey in uh, 2006 in a country called Montenegro where I went with no experience just a dream to do property and um, I always saw property as travel and adventure and probably that's what brings me into SA to be honest um and uh, to cut a very long story short um I'm quite a big manifester um and less than eight months when I arrived in that country I was looking at this gigantic frontline Venetian palace that I had managed to purchase um literally which even to today is, is probably my biggest manifestation and um I had nine years in that country where I went from, um, you know, I just went there as a backpacker all the way through to to building luxury villas, a one-off bespoke um, with a team of builders from Bosnia, um, all the way to actually having to leave that country due to to the mafia and destroying my business and all sorts. Um, And I even got beaten up on site. So it's quite a story. So I ended up back here in the UK in 2015, 16, couple of small children uh, to start again. Um, Really tough time, really difficult time. Um, I had to work many jobs. um, And basically when you've had a dream and you live the dream, I was living the dream abroad. My kids were in private school. I was uh, jumping on a jet ski to go to work across the bay. I was out on yachts and boats at weekends. I had, you know, it was an amazing lifestyle. And then the dream falls apart and you're back. Um, And I was back in West Sussex, um, waitressing for eight pounds in the evening, 
Like, so when people went, hello, I'd be like, they're talking to me. Because obviously I've been in all the fancy restaurants. Now I was actually waitressing. And um, I got myself back into property. I always had a passion for property. I'm, I'm Irish and my mother cleaned stately homes and I imagined owning them. Perhaps that's why I ended up getting a palace. Um, and so, so yeah, so it, it took a while, but um, I offered out my services for free because obviously I had good experience. I work with some big people. I'm down here in Brighton. Um, and I basically got into the, eventually coming out of working three jobs, working two jobs and work my way that way. Um, and in 2018, I got into Rent to Rent. Um, as you know, it's a fantastic strategy for people who, who don't have a lot of cash um, and who want to get into property. And I went in to, to do the essay. Um, obviously, strategy. My mother had a B&B. Well, when I say my mother had a B&B, she in Ireland, you'd have, you know, you'd put all the family in one room and rent the two rooms out for the summer type setup. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so, you know, I've just managed from there to get back into developments. Um, I still have rent to rent and I also have my own essay portfolio, uh, buy to let and commercial. Um, and recently I've moved into apart hotels and um, yeah, the, the sky's the limit. So my message is always that, you know what, you you can build new dreams when the old ones don't work out. And um, and yeah, and I'm I'm still out there doing my stuff and yeah, on a different path. But, you know, that's that's been my life and property so far. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, not the usual uh pathway that that most people on our podcast have taken that's for sure and you say it's a it's a great story to be honest it sounds a bit like a film uh or a book of, of some sort uh we could just have visions of all you jumping on the jet skis and then the mafia coming oh my goodness i you know i can't even imagine um but you know what does stand out is is certainly resilience and uh, and creation you know creating going out there and, and making it happen uh in one form or another and and, and getting back on track when things don't go to plan and as you said there just you know just taking that slightly different path but again you are at the driving seat really of uh you know of your career your property career so in terms of you know you okay you've gone out to Montenegro and you've, uh, you've got this palace um was that kind of just by chance or like how did you know that you wanted to do property at, at that point um, I had um, I'd had a corporate career. I travelled. Um, I had the jewelry business, um, um, and I was with, with my my ex husband then as well. And I just felt um, I just loved design and that type of thing. I had no qualifications in it. Um, I tried to maybe buy some stuff at the time in the UK, but it was in a real growth period at the time. And I saw the program um, that was called uh, the Hot Spots in Europe. So you go and you buy something and a year later it would be doubled in price. So I decided in my head I was going to find a hot spot before it was a hot spot. And basically I got backpack and went around Europe and discovered Montenegro, which is now a five star destination. It's got the biggest super yacht marina in the Adriatic. Um, it's an incredible place. But when I went in there, it had been in 20 years of sanctions and the war and what have you. So, you know, immediately I could see it was going to boom. Um, and it, you know, I, I love traveling, so it was far more interesting than the trips I had been doing up to Liverpool and going and seeing <laughs> terrace houses and stuff. I'm like, this is just not, you know, this is not glamorous. So, yeah, so that's kind of what happened. 
Um, the palace I saw when I was walking by the seafront and had a thought, wow, imagine owning something like that. That was a thought. And then uh, seven months later, I saw it in a like it kind of wasn't a state agent's like an advocate's office. And I asked about it and they said, yeah, it might be for sale. And I went and saw the family and they said, yes, it was 360,000 euros, which seemed a, which was a lot of money. And I just said, we've got to have it. And, you know, raised finance from the UK, friends and family, um, and actually went and bought that palace with two bags of cash. <laughs> That's the truth. In a carrier bag. Halfway oh to, the, to the deal, I thought, maybe I shouldn't be carrying cash in a carrier bag. Someone could just take it. And uh, we signed. There was 24 owners because all the family own it. And, yeah, two hours later, I was standing in front of this kind of slightly ruined palace with no roof, thinking, oh, wow. God, I've actually got no money now to, to renovate it. <laughs> and how did you renovate it then? Well, the problem was um, it was a listed historical building um, of very, a lot of significance. So I had to put it through um, heritage and what have you and finally got all the planning on it. And then we hit the massive crash destroyed the market overnight basically literally and um, eventually I sold that palace in 2010 I did the grey phase work which was the floors and the roof and all of that but I couldn't at that time and I think everyone would agree just could not raise the finance to complete it as a luxury um, I sold it to a Russian oligarch who put another million into it um, and I sold it for 980,000 euros yeah. Okay. Right. So, so lots of learnings, and you came out of it on the other side, uh, doing all right from it. So, uh, you mentioned before about you know design and how that's played a huge part in your property journey, and, and even prompted you to go out and actually, it's it's almost like the design came first and the property came second, right? Yeah, I think <laughs> um, so. So, and you know, working with service accommodation that uh, lends itself, of course, to creating that experience much more so than single lets and hmos so um do you want to talk to us about the like the rent to rent part because i know a lot of people listening will be thinking okay um this is you know the stage i'm at want to look at getting started i haven't got you know much money i don't really have access to many funds or resources there so how did you get started with that and 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 why did you do rent to rent with hmos or SA or both at the beginning? Um, no, I, so the rent to rent, I'd obviously heard about rent to rent. Um, I uh, I signed up to do a course in it, um, but I also felt sometimes you do a course and you don't take action. So I thought, well, I'll try and source a property before the course so that when I'm on the course, I can say, oh, right, I'm having all these problems with this, that, and the other. So that's basically what I did, I love it. <laughs> um, which is crazy. The property I got was just an awful property with damp and all sorts of issues. I put a lot of money into it. It was actually in Liverpool. So I traveled up to get it. Um, I kind of talked it to the agent and I didn't do it correctly. I will say that it was on the wrong, um, it was on the wrong contract. I had kind of bent the truth in as far as said, well, I won't always be staying there. There will be some other people. And, you know, I wasn't, I was too scared to say because I felt as well, I'd had a lot of rejection because they'd go, oh, um, are you doing Airbnb? And then that kind of closes down the conversation. So um, I secured it, basically uh, got it up and running. Um, it is also an easy strategy to get angel investors because True. for five or six grand, you can get it up yeah. and running. 
most people, you know, family, friends have got that amount of money. So I do say to people, don't even want, if you haven't even got the money for your first rent to rent, borrow five, six thousand, pay back over a three year period uh, interest and capital. Um, and you're up and running for a couple of hundred pounds a month um, and source the furniture yourself. Don't, you know, just do a really mean startup, put the energy, put the time in and you can get you going and get you started. Um, so that's kind of what I did, to be honest. Um, and it did go really well until I got a call from the agent saying that the landlord had found it on booking.com and they had reported me to the police and Liverpool City Council. Oh, and no. um, I was like, oh, my God, here we go. Mary part two in her history. And to cut a long story short, I had um, Liverpool City Council turned up and I decided to put on a high tea. Because I'm all about like service and get, show people a nice time. I've made the house beautiful. And I thought, well, if I give them really good hospitality um, and also I'm all about thinking on my feet, uh, scones and all the rest. And actually it worked so well because they sat down. The agent had come. The agent was totally against me. And we're all sitting having lovely cream tea. And they're like, oh, we really like what you've done with this property. I said, do you want to see the pictures of it before? And I showed them the four pictures that I got from the landlord and then I explained to them and they actually thought it was a HMO without a license and they said oh we don't really understand this so I actually educated them and she said she was going to go back and tell all her colleagues so um to cut a long story short I managed then the aid to deal directly with the landlord and the agent wasn't supporting me at all and yeah that was my first rent to rent (laughs) Sometimes you just got to do what you've got to do, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, as long as you're not, no one's like breaking the law here. We're just bending the contracts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes it's, it's to get going. And as you said before about, you know, borrowing the money for your first one, like I just find so often that once people get their first deal, they get the momentum, they get the belief, they know it's possible. And then that gives them so much confidence to it and a track record as well. They can share it on social media. They can go to uh, the agents and say, this is what I'm doing. I'm already set up. I'm already operating. And they can talk from experience rather than just theory. So, um, yeah, I mean, we can see that you're just, you know, you're again, just going out there and making things happen. And, and then, and then so you chose Liverpool. Is that just because of the cash flow? Just you thought it was the best ROI? Yeah, You're down in Brighton, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, I've got holiday lets here now in Brighton. Um, I think what you've got to remember is the higher the rent, the more difficult it is to make it stack. So obviously, if if a house is a was, or it is now £700 in Liverpool, um, that house will probably be two grand to rent in Brighton. So that's not going to work, if you see what I mean. So um, so I kind of went up there for that reason, to be honest. And also there's less deposits, less, you know, that kind of thing. And I could get more bedrooms because I wanted to do the contractor market. Um, so now I actually own SAs um, myself in Liverpool as well. Um, I've got rent to rents here in Brighton because some of my rent to rents in Brighton are five to six hundred thousand pounds to buy. So yeah, the, the one I'm sitting in now is one of my rent to rents here. Um, wow. And this is a two bedroom maisonette. Um, so and this is thirteen hundred pounds a month rent. Um, I pay for this. Um, but obviously it grosses a lot more in high season, mid season, low season. 
So um, there's very big difference between holiday let and contractor market, basically. Um, and we have our super peak season here in Brighton, where um, on certain weekends you could be getting £500 a night, yeah, all the way through to our super low season in, in January, where you're just trying to break even, yeah. It's a 12-month business. Yeah. So you have to run it for 12 months to really get the true figures. Um, and also, I always suggest to start um, if you're to start it coming live up in the summer, so you get a nice build up. You start a, you start a property in November. You have a long way to go until Easter. I always tell people. Yeah. So I think the seasonal kind of sourcing, um, and while you're you know, so yeah, so I kind of do it in that respect. But it's not seasonal contractors, so you need to try and work it out really. Um, obviously, if you're up north, your rents are a lot less, and actually, the rate per night isn't isn't dissimilar to the south. So here in the south, we do it is difficult. Uh, it is more difficult for sure. Right. Okay. So I guess in the south, it even though the rents are higher, actually, it does lend itself more to rent to rent model because you haven't got all the costs of purchase. Um, with you know, it's so it's so it's easier to kind of get in, even though. Um, the rents are higher so yeah it's uh, lots of swings and roundabouts there isn't it um yeah, exactly. so okay yeah. and you mentioned there about so the difference between holiday lets and contractors and I think um this would be really you know useful area to kind of just delve into a bit more um because I think for people getting into service accommodation quite often they are attracted by those high nightly rates from uh you know local events whether that's the races or you know uh eurovision or whatever it is yes. um however you've just said that it, you know it needs to be a it's a 12-month business you need to look at the average over the whole 12 months so um do you want to just talk to us about the difference between holiday makers and contractors and, and what do you see as contractors what does that mean for you yeah well um i mean contractors and, and contractor houses as we call them is quite different um the most paramount thing for contractors is parking i would say so um, that very much ex the exterior is is far more important for contractors probably, um, so it does need to have parking and potentially even two parking spaces. So um, that's the first thing you'd look for really is has it got parking or not, because uh, they've normally got vans. Um, also, with contractors, they want um, basically they want a well equipped house, a well equipped kitchen, a large TV. Uh, more a masculine type setup really um and also obviously they will share rooms uh, but obviously not beds um but obviously the property if it's got five or six contract it needs at least a couple of bathrooms um so it's all so yeah so i mean they are the, the one that can impact the environment quite a lot the exterior and i always talk about this it's really important to not impact your local environment um, to really manage this. So if you're setting a house live, which a lot of people are doing it and they can sleep eight people, they arrive with three vans, they take up the street, they park in granny's place where she's parked for the last 35 years, you immediately cause an impact. So we have to do very um, strict kind of um, rules and presentation and photos and everything on where to park and that kind of thing. Um, as far as looking after them, they're very straightforward. They don't really complain very much. Um, they, if things need fixing, they don't need them fixing as urgently as holiday makers. 
um, and they basically just want a nice comfortable place. I always upgrade on the mattresses, things like that. So you want them to have a comfortable stay. Um, I don't put TVs in all the rooms because they're on their phones, but I always get high headboards because a lot of them lie in bed are on their phones, on the laptops and that kind of thing. Um, so you need lots of power, power cables and, and feeds to, to wherever they are. Um, and also the kitchen needs to have good pots and pans and perhaps two microwaves and, and that kind of thing. So it's more practical use. It is a home from home. Yeah, um, and do they do you put desks in or places for PlayStation or Xbox or these? Um, no, I mean they normally log on to their Netflix, that kind of thing. I don't know if you know it's now everybody's just working off their own phone anyway. Yeah. So um I don't no, I don't put in those kind of gaming things, um, mainly because they'll get broken or misused or what have you. Um, so we have a Netflix, but a lot of the time they're signing onto their own Netflix yeah. account. That's just our fire alarm. See, we've got to check our fire alarms. Um, so, so yeah, and, and, and as far as communication goes, um, obviously there's the corporate bookers, um, Silver Door, Situ, all these kind of people who you have to be with. Um, and also if they do book on booking.com for last minute or something, they're normally book on a Monday lunchtime. Um, then you can make the phone call and turn it into more of a longer term booking. Um, right. But yeah, but generally I, I find them to be fine. Um, if there's in for a, a, quite a while, you do need to send the cleaners in now to make sure, you know, they're not, no one's smoking inside and all this kind of stuff. So, and it also I have had overseas contractors, very different model um, and very, very high level of, um, what would you call it? Use on the house, on houses. So you really need to watch for that and you really need to, to, factor that in because sometimes I say oh we'll do we'll do the cleaning or we don't need you to but I would be going into those houses once a week um because certain nationalities might pour you know oil down into the drain into the pipes yeah. and, or or kind of you know it's just a little bit more difficult really especially right. on communication so again you have to think well who is who's coming in where are they from what are they doing are they first, first phase second phase that kind of thing um so yeah but it, it it's it's kind of a business within itself the whole contractor business I don't, I don't know if you deal in it but it is really it's weather mouth right. as well yeah I was going to say so you mentioned Silverdor there as one of the companies that you can um go through to get contractors it's not um do you advertise on booking.com Airbnb as well as Silverdor yeah. um, and do you have yeah. any direct book to you know direct companies that you work with um yeah, we do. Yeah. So we, we have um, Situ Silverdor. Yes, they bring in some things, but we also work with um, some of the larger kind of local companies and that kind of thing. Um, and um, also on sites, we see what what bills are coming up um, and, you, you know, um, in industrial areas, the industrial sites, that kind of thing. So um, it's definitely an exercise in itself once you're up and running is to is to work out all the companies in the area. To call them up to converse with them the hope the obviously hospitals as well that kind of thing um so yeah there's there's lots of avenues um it's a business that will grow so i, I do think people are trying to make a buck too quickly in sa yeah. sa is a long-term business um and to be starting where you want to be like just getting by cash flowing okay 
you know, um, and people's expectations is from day one, no business from day one makes its maximum. Yeah. Um, and essays are no different. Contractors do speak among themselves, especially on bill projects. So they will say, Oh, we stayed here. It's quite nice. Um, and so you do have leaflets, make sure you have leaflets at your property. They can take it, that kind of thing. Um, and also, you know, we leave them a gift or some beers in the fridge or that kind of stuff. So it is looking after your guests, to be honest. Um, but it can be a little bit tricky because it can be booked by the people at the office. And then the guys that are coming, you don't have their number. So communication is sometimes a little bit more difficult. But in terms of guests and service and stuff, it's definitely a lot easier, I would say, than holiday lets. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's more straightforward. And you mentioned before about you're looking for more longer term um, arrangements. So how does what, what's longer term for you? And do you have them on a license agreement then? Or because if you've not come through a Airbnb, for example, how how does that manage, work with the contracts? Yeah, so I mean, basically by the rules, um, short let is a 28 day. So um a lot a lot of people are doing this but you should be just doing your invoices and contracts on a 28 day yeah and then when that 28 day comes up um you can then extend it so we do have people in for six months three months that kind of thing um but we have to keep through our strict 28 days if you see what i mean yeah so Um, just renew yeah exactly yeah um and that covers us insurance wise and what have you um but we are very because you can get a long booking um and they come in and they're a nightmare they're not looking after the property or something so that's why we're we're very much more like okay we'll we'll give the 28 days and then if we'll go in at halfway point and decide if we want to keep them because it might not be worth it if you're if they're not actually looking after your property to be honest so Yeah, yeah of course and do you have the a contract with the contractors themselves or with the company um, we have a contract with the companies mainly. Yeah. 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 Contracts um, themselves sometimes like Sparkies or, you know, different types of trades. Um, we will invoice directly. They'll come normally for one night or something and we'll convert them into longer term. Um, and then we'll invoice them as well, basically, um, yeah. through Stripe. So we have that all set up and they pay by card and that kind of thing. And they're invoiced. Um, so it depends really. But the longer... The bigger ones tend to come from the overseas companies. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. And um, so, so, okay. And in terms of like the difference then between holiday makers as a business where you've got typically uh, they're coming at weekends or in the school holidays, that kind of thing. So uh, do you have properties where you have both, you you know, one property that serves both of them um, or do you just have properties that are you know targeted at different guest profiles um i mean i would say every sa provider will will in the period they have a property they will get both definitely yeah um so i've got properties in lancashire and things like that and with the parking i get contractors but then on weekends i do get people coming in brighton it's a very i'm in the center a lot of the properties are in the center so it is more weekend market, but I get more the um, corporates like um, people working for um, American Express. So they'll come during the week. Um, but yeah, mainly you're one or the other, I find. Um, also contractors, if your place just looks too styled and too what have you, they won't book it. You know, 
they're like, no, we're just going to get in trouble there, you know, or, or we don't want to be in that kind of place with all the velvet couches and all that kind of thing. It'll be too much to be over spec, really. So, um, so yeah, but obviously it was a bit different in COVID, but yeah, mainly in Brighton, it's, it's holiday people um, and we're close to the airport and stuff like that. So it's a different type of guest. Yeah, but we may get more corporates than contractors, I would say. Okay, so what's the difference between the corporates and contractors in that area? Corporates are going into offices, so they're here on work, yeah. So they got a a higher price per night because they could go and stay in a hotel. They're on, you know, over £100 per night or whatever they're on. Um, But they want more of a home from home because they normally they want to cook and they just don't want to be in a hotel for a week or something. So, um, and again, they want something which is... um, American Express and many Americans, so they want something that looks really nice, you know, and they're not going to stay in a property outside of town with parking. They don't need parking. They haven't come by car. So it's very it's very important to understand the, the avatar of your different types of guests. Um, I always try and design properties so it caters for three types of guests, really. Um, so you tick the box for each one. Um, not always easy to do that, but you need to be ticking the box for at least two different types of avatar guests. Yeah, I was going to say, how how do you do that? <laughs> so do you just bring out the fancy stuff for the holiday makers and put it away when the contractors are there? Um, well, on Booking, well, we have different photographs. So okay. on Booking.com, um, sorry, on Situ and Silverdor, the images I send them are different. They don't have all the colourful troves and all that kind of stuff. Um, then the images we would have on Booking.com, Airbnb or Verbo or something are more styled, more holiday images, yeah um so it's the same product but just marketed differently really and when people turn up are you asking your cleaners or your property managers to uh put these things out and then take them away yeah I mean if we've got contractors coming in um you know it's in our booking in our booking requirements and we'll have you and what type of guests they are so we we grade guests differently if you know what I mean yeah. So it'll be like holiday, corporate, contractors, that type of thing. I see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the, yeah. the corporates, they're just uh, staying for typically like a couple of nights maximum. They're not going to yeah. be there for three months, are they? No. So, no. right. Okay. Yeah. We have That's a lot of conferences here, conference people coming to Brighton. Right. So there'll be three or four of them. So they'll stay in an apartment. Um, they can be quite fussy. Um, I wouldn't say they're any different to holiday because they are looking, you know, right, yeah. They are looking on it as a kind of holiday, even though it's a conference, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. okay, so it's like really, really interesting like understanding all the different av- avatars, as you say, the mm. guest profiles. Um, and so kind of moving on then to what's been, you know, lots of talk in the news recently. We're, you know, we're recording this on uh, in May 2023. So lots of lots of fuss in the news about this new class coming through perhaps it's c5 looking at regulating sa more than it is now so uh what are your thoughts on that as a sort of business owner and where things are going to go what how to mitigate um, the risk i i think it you know i do see this as a long game a long-term strategy so i think those who who go out with the market are those who don't see it as that um, and I do also think that, and perhaps they're being missold a dream, you know, basically, I think. Yeah. Um, so um, I think it's good 
I think legislation is good. Um, I have been, I'm very concerned about how people pack out essays. Yeah. I don't agree with that um, because I know access into apartments and stuff isn't great. Um, and the, the biggest demand in essay that people don't see is actually for couples. So you don't need to go and have a house of 15 people. You can actually have smaller products and have a much longer term market, if you see what I mean. So, um, so yeah, I think legislation is good. I'm a little bit concerned for those in the rent to rent business because will landlords um, push that into a change of use? Probably not. Um, I wouldn't say they would actually. However, I would say that's a time anyone in rent to rent it is not a long term strategy. Yes, it's yeah. a strategy to get you in, to get yeah. you used to it, to show what you can do, and to go out there and get more investors if you don't have the money yourself. Yeah, I completely agree. And you just need to have that in your contract with your with the landlord that, you know, if legislation does change and they're not willing to, um, you know, to comply with the legislation, then, you know, that's a that's a clause there for you to exit and you need to make sure yeah. you're not putting too much money up front um, to, and then you Definitely. can get out of it if you need to. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's about getting Definitely. started. And, yeah. And, yeah. and be aware, people need to be a little bit aware because People are putting in too much money up front and buying all sorts of expensive packages. And and when they look at it, they're like, actually, I could have bought myself a two-bedroom house. I've got the same deposit. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, um, so it has a ceiling. It has a, a, I'd look at it, a three to five-year strategy. um, But definitely within the next three years, this this class use will change and stuff. Um, But ultimately, um, it's it's buying property in the right class use, like apart hotels or Airbnbs. Um, it's like anything like um, like HMOs wasn't heavy, heavily legislated. Now it is. It's just natural progression. I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner. And it's getting we get a lot of bad press, especially in Brighton with party houses and stuff. But there's so many amazing people in this industry. It's a gigantic industry. I I do think there's a bigger narrative. There always is. Um, and the, the they're trying to get the power back into hotels um and we've had asylum seekers on one end they're saying they're in hotels then we've had people opening all their you know b&b's and um their apartments and what have you so i think it's the people who use it to live in and then rent it out which is kind of the background of airbnb to start with um has has kind of gone the other way um and so yes it's it's going to happen um but that's property. You've got to pivot. You've got to be really flexible. If you want to get yourself some kind of safe little kind of property life, it's not there. I don't think. Um, and it should be exciting. It should be moving and pivoting and 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 learning new new strategies and, and what have you, I believe. Um, Absolutely. It's, all about it's getting, exciting. Yeah. yeah. Getting involved with your eyes open. You understand the risks. You understand what's going on and, and mitigating them where you can. Um, but as you said there, you know, rent to rent to get you started and then you can move on to purchasing. So I mean, that's what you did. How did you transition then from the rent to rent model to buying your own um, properties within your portfolio? Um, so I think as soon as you kind of get going and get some images out there, you've got something to talk about. Um Otherwise, you're going to networking events and things with nothing to talk about. Um, so, and also, I offered out my services for as as a designer. I'm not qualified. I've never done a day's design work. I've never studied anything in my life, but I have a natural ability for design. So, um, so yeah. So it's just you know finding the deals. I've got the time. Bringing in investors. Um, 
you know, always trying to, I'm always looking for good deals and what have you. So I feel I kind of created my profile um, first. Um, and also I really help people. Um, you know, I met a man on a train station one day and I set up his granny annex because he had no money in over a weekend and put stuck it on Airbnb for him. That's the first thing I did actually. And he makes an extra 600 pounds a month. He didn't have, you know, I didn't want anything for it. I was happy for the experience and to help him and to, to, to show him that this worked. Um, and I, I helped so many people for, for free and conversations and what have you, um, because it'll come back and it, did, it does come back. So just lots of opportunities, people wanting to work for me and me to work with them and stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I'm working on some really big things right now, which I would have only dreamed of really. But, um, you know, it, it just seems quite natural progression. Um, and I think go start and rent to rent and move forward. But always in the back of your mind, you're you're trying to find investors, not to find investors, find people that you can build and grow businesses with. Yeah, it's easier yeah. to find investors, JV partners. It's a bit more difficult to find good ones. <laughs> you <That's> know, <laughs> yeah. And find ones where you're aligned as well. And, you, you know, you want the same things yeah. out of the Your journey yeah, for sure. yeah well yeah. before we move on to it because I'm excited to hear what is next but for anyone who um is watching is listening to this actually if you have a look at our YouTube channel then you'll be able to see uh, where Mary is sitting and uh, it looks incredible I think this idea that oh you need to be qualified and you know that's fine if you want to be a you know heart surgeon <laughs> um you know something where you actually do need to be qualified in that arena but actually just your your talent your skill and your experience um just speaks volumes like you you don't need to have a piece of paper to prove that you have the the talent there so um again just another example of how you're like making things happen and clearly a very abundance mindset there of just um you know giving back and helping people along the way and uh and you know that attracts a certain type of people to you as well people want to to, to be part of your journey um and and support you and and see yeah. what you're up to so so that leads us on to what is next yeah um well I've just been finished um with a couple of JV partners um hotel in Hull yeah 28 okay. bedroom hotel um so that's going really well we're now just working on the co-work space I'm designing the co-work space underneath this the cafe the gym um and also with this space what we've done is there's an I'm very enterprising I love enterprise so I like people to just think about enterprise how can I make money how can I get going how can I create business um there's plenty of businesses within property as well so you know um the services you can offer into business that you've already into property that you've already got so um it's not always come out I need to buy a property and then I'm a property developer or pro you're not really there's a lot there's a lot of places people can make money in the property game. So this particular hotel, our remit is to make 10 different income streams. Um, so we've put in things there like paid car parking has a gigantic car park. We've put in things like um, the, uh, you know, the Amazon boxes, like all different ways of, of generating income and running each entity as a separate entity. So you can outsource it. Um, so the cafe, uh, the co-work space I'm working on, which will also have wheelchair access co-work space, which I don't believe exists. Um, the gym, the gym membership, um, the dark kitchen it has a huge kitchen. You can rent out dark kitchens now to deliver and all that kind of stuff. 
sorry, um, a dark kitchen. What's... The dark kitchen is, um, there's lots of, um, it's all takeaway now, obviously, after COVID. So they don't need a shop front or anything. They just want what's called a dark kitchen space. Okay. Yeah. So you may have five or six different um, online say Chinese, Indian, whatever, operating in the same kitchen, but a, a fully functioning, very good kitchen, which obviously an ex-hotel would have, and it's called, it's called the dark kitchen. So they rent mm-hmm. space and use the big freezers and all the rest, and then they deliver all the food out from that, but it's not operating as a hotel restaurant. See what I mean? Wow. So, yeah, it's interesting, right? So, so that's the project um, I've just been finishing up on, and another um, a larger one, seventy-six bedroom and X YMCA um, hostel in Grimsby, and that's just about finished now. I've got a number of different people interested in that, um, and I'm also looking at an enormous commercial space, which would be an apartment hotel, fifty-seven shops, and massive developments for apartments above. So, and, and I'm still looking for things in Brighton. So, yeah, I see. Um, but this, I'm moving more into the commercial side. There's great scope there. It also aligns with SA. Um, and, yeah, and, and yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now, really. In wow. between well. two kids and all the other <laughs> stuff I do. <laughs> I was going to say it's, like, really exciting, but I can't imagine the point in your life that hasn't been exciting and uh, and full of adventure. <laughs> Well, I mean, yes, but I would also say, Michelle, like I have struggled with mental health. Um, I grew up with a mother who was severely depressed and major mental health issues. Um, nothing's come easy to me. There's there's no backstory. You know, there's no hidden dad with a, a load of inheritance. There isn't, you know. Um, and I've really battled the, the, you know, the voice inside of me that says I'm not enough or not good enough and stuff. Um, and you just got to silence it, you know, but through, through a lot of work and meditation, I'm a very spiritual person. Um, I now, it's all about creation. So don't try and fix or sort stuff out. Just go out and create something. If you always just think in that respect, um, that's actually, you're creating, you're creating your life. You're creating, creating. Most of us are spending our time trying to fix something, that we think is broken ourselves, a relationship, a business, whatever. Um, don't don't fix things, just create new things. Um, and if you look at any of, of the, the billionaires in the world, they're all creators. We're all creators, right? But we can create a lot of crap or we can create a lot of great stuff. Uh, just be aware that you can keep choosing to create great stuff. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Do you know what? I I just want to end on that point because it's fantastic, <laughs> really inspirational. And thank you so much for sharing your um, you know, fascinating journey. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh to kind of have that insight. And uh and and just we went down so many rabbit holes. I mean, I think we could just be talking all day <laughs> and then just um <laughs> sorry, Michelle. No, it's yeah. it's lovely. It's yeah, it's great to just have like your inspiration and have so you know, just your journey there to show people, you know, it can be done. It hasn't always been um easy, but as you say there, just you know, go out, create it, make it happen, and um, and with it that comes a huge positive energy of getting that momentum and getting that um you know just 
like just the possibility of making it all real so fantastic thank you so much for your time mary and uh, no it's, it's been great, great. thank you well, um, I usually say at, the, at this point for everyone who is not yet a subscriber to the magazine, please click the link in the show notes. If you are already already a subscriber, then you can go back through our uh, back catalogue of articles and you can have a look at Mary's article from last August. Also, we are um, putting together a new article for later on in the year. So do check that out as well. Again, the link is in the show notes to sign up. So um, that's all for now. Thanks again, Mary. And we'll see you next time. Brilliant. Thank you, Michelle.